All right, I got Dr. Jeffrey Gross on the show today. He is the founder of Recelebrate. He's a pioneer in regenerative medicine and stem cells. Dr. Gross, welcome to the show, brother. Hey, thanks so much for having me. appreciate it. I'm super excited to jump into things with you. You're the first doctor, first expert I've ever had on the show talking about stem cells. So this is going to be really neat. And when I was doing my research on you, I noticed that you know you have a background as being a neurosurgeon. And when I think about that, I'm like, wow, that, that's like a pretty high ticket you know, place to be in the field of medicine. And yet you switched to stem cells. So what happened? Was there like a day you realized like, this is the way I want to go, this route of regenerative medicine? It kind of, I mean, it was grinding on me, uh, having practiced neurosurgery, especially as a, as a spine fellowship, uh, neurosurgeon doing tons of neck and back work. You know, I've worked my whole career to try to not do surgery. Um, so we, we try everything else first. And I had, I watched patients just get frustrated, you know, Hey, Hey doc, therapy wasn't enough for me. Meds aren't enough. Cortisone injections aren't working. And we start to talk surgery, we're like, yeah, I really don't want screws and rods in my back. And I'm like, yeah, I kind of don't want to give them to you either. And there was this big gap to fill between that the first line stuff and the more severe surgical stuff. And patients would ask, hey, what about lasers? What about stem cells? What about? And, and finally, uh, enough of that rang through to me. And I, I went back and got retrained about five and a half years ago and did, did the work, did the homework, do the reading, got the journals, got the books, did the courses. And and now I, I it's opened up a whole new world for me and for the patients that pass through my office. Yeah, now you don't now you literally don't have to do surgery because you're helping them from the root cause. They don't need to get fusions, they don't need to get screws. You can actually regenerate, and I think you're gonna talk about the spine and the neck yeah. and all that. So that's I'm excited yeah. to hear about that. Um so so talk about stem cells and uh, you know, I'm curious what I have my own idea of what stem cells are as a biohacker and a health nut, but what are they really? And what's some of the confusion of like what they can do actually and what they can't do? So great question. And I'm a biohacker too. So I, I, I've enjoyed participating, not just delivering, but when we use the word stem cell, we're really talking about regenerative medicine, which is tapping back into the body's own innate ability to create itself or recreate itself or repair itself or all those things because they're in the same ballpark. And there are different levels of that that can be delivered in a, on a clinical basis, meaning to people. And it can start as simple as PRP, platelet-rich plasma, which is a very common approach where you take your own blood, spin it in a centrifuge at a doctor's office, pull out the growth factor plasma and re-deliver it maybe to an elbow for tennis elbow or some other area. And usually that's done multiple times. That's kind of 101 of regenerative medicine. Um, kind of the advanced course would be stem cells. And these are the cells that are making those growth factors in the first place. These are the cells that created us way back when we were inside of our mothers and helped us grow in those first years until we were an adult. And since we're an adult, these are the cells that help divide into our other cells whether they be a bone or muscle, a liver, and, and maintain us and repair us. I mean, you think about it, our liver is regenerating all the time. We make new skin cells and cornea cells on our eyes and hair and things like this. This is an ongoing thing. However, as we are exposed to our environment, and this, some people say as we age, but really age is an accumulation of this exposure and an inflammatory defense our cells just don't heal as quickly and we don't repair as well. So we turned our stem cells 
for the best help we can get, but they also get exposed. So when we look into the clinical sources of stem cells, they can come from ourselves. They can be harvested from us. Most often our bone marrow is the, most, is the richest source, but there are other tissues. Or from perinatal sources, meaning from what used to be trash is now treasure. So a mother delivers a child by C-section. Instead of throwing away the umbilical cord, placenta, amniotic fluid, we can keep it. And there are, there are many labs in this country, FDA approved and compliant labs, uh, mind you, that prepare these biologics for us. Sometimes we refer to them as products, but they're only a product to an extent that a person made them. And um, that can include stem cells. So these cells are young, they're unadulterated, they're not exposed to the world uh, like our cells might have been, especially if we're older like me. But there's even one more step beyond stem cells because, uh, and, and I appreciate Joel, you're just letting me ramble if that's okay. Please. <laughs> but, but the, you know, research has shown that when you get, if these cells are delivered to a person, extra stem cells, they only last about 10 to 14 days, but the benefits last many months, if not ongoing. And the reason for that is the stem cells that are delivered give cell signaling smaller particles that we call nanoparticles or exosomes. And they're not cells, but they contain highly concentrated growth factors and microRNAs and heat shock proteins and survival proteins that go into our cells and our stem cells to activate them to juice up the regenerative process, reactivate and help us heal like we were when we were more youthful. So when we use the phrase stem cell medicine, we're talking about all these things. Okay, wow. When you were talking about stem cells and the, the placenta, for example, when I was having, not me, but when we were having our second child, I was looking at potentially, you know, banking my wife's placenta. Or there's another option, I think, if uh, my, when my oldest son, who's now nine, lost his first tooth, I was thinking, oh, well, maybe I know there's banks where you can do this. But one of the things that turned me off from this was that the FDA looks over all of this. And from what I discovered, they may not allow me at a later time to get that if I say, hey, I need these stem cells for this reason. They own it. It's like their property. And I'm like, I'm not going to do this. So I'm curious, has that changed now? Or what do you think? Or what do you what do you recommend? Or what are some of the stem cells that you you will harvest for like someone like me comes in and I got, Doc, I got a neck injury. I got a spine injury. Can you help me? Where are you harvesting those stem cells? So uh, great question. I want to unpack some of it just so we are all on the same page, if that's okay. Yeah. Um, the FDA does not regulate the practice of medicine. Um, so, uh, however, they do have jurisdiction on what claims can be made, what can be said as to what cures or treats a disease or condition. So just for full compliance here, anything I discuss today is for academic purposes, educational purposes, or my own experience and uh, is not meant to advertise a claim. <laughs> Uh, and when people come in the office, I make that clear, right? The FDA does not say what's legal and illegal to do as long as the claims are not made or made in conjunction with they say what we can say. Uh, I'll let you draw your own conclusions from that. I mean, I, I, I think anybody who's listening to this right now is 
gets it. I mean, the last two to three years, you only the only buddy that can cure any disease is a Western doctor. So, um, yeah, we know exactly what the FDA does and how they suppress information. But go on, Doctor Gross. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, just, for all the listeners, if yeah. if uh, if I disappear, please start looking in the desert for freshly dug uh, holes because I'm yeah. sure I'll be there. But uh, so as long as we, you know, educate our patients, give them informed consent, explain the pros and cons and let them be part of the decision as to what we can offer and all uh, from all our alternatives, because honestly, sometimes surgery is the right thing, hopefully less and less. Um, I, I, we're, we're doing the right thing and we're following the Hippocratic Oath, as I always have, as most doctors do. Would, would so, you recommend then on that note, sorry to cut you off, would you recommend no. then, is that, a, is that a viable solution nowadays to bank the placenta? Do you see that as a good, or even the teeth of my, 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 uh, my kids as they're falling out? Are those good strategies if we want to harvest stem cells for a potential later use? Yeah. So if, you, if, you're, if you're sold on your own stuff as an adult, there are ways to harvest your tissue right now. However, it does make sense to bank your child's umbilical cord. I'm not aware of the of the tooth one, but you know, when we talk about stem cells, we're talking about mesenchymal stem cells or MSCs. Now, you don't need to remember that, but it's usually more the connective and the endocrine tissues of our body that we're tapping into. A tooth has a different type of germline. So, I probably need to read up more on that, but I don't think you can use that for everything unless you reverse that stem cell backwards. And that's a little too, a little too out there right now. It's okay. happening, but we're not ready for that. We're not doing that, at least in the clinical setting. Yeah. So uh, the umbilical cord is great because, you know, if your child hopefully never gets anything like a leukemia, then you can wipe out their entire bone marrow, kill the leukemia and replace their bone marrow from cells from that umbilical cord. It's a, it's a match. It's from them. Right. Wow. I found this on the so, Sorry, Siri thinks I'm talking to her, but um, uh, so, so I'm, a fan, I'm a fan of that. However, when we talk about people like you and me, uh, and I put us in the same age group, Joel. I'm sorry. I'm sure I'm, I'm 41. Older. So yeah, yeah. I, I'm 57. So I could oh, tell you, look you great. It must be the stem cells. It must be. I don't want those old cells put back in me of my own. Uh, now, if you bank them at a young age. There is a group, the Stem Cell Surgical Network, that does some banking and, um, and will uh, populate your cells in, in, in culture, meaning divide, let them divide and make more of them. So there is, a, there is a group that does that, and you can use your own stuff. I like the stuff fresh out of the womb. That's the best stuff in my mind, most active, not adulterated, not exposed to anything. So it's off the shelf. It's easy to get. It's, it's really kind of simple. Okay. Very cool. That's what I was wondering. It, it is easy to get and they're, they're, they're easy to get. It's plentiful. Yeah. So that's good to know. And then what are, what are some of the things that people are coming to, to see you for or the conditions? Like, what do you see is just, you know, this is the most viable solution that stem cells would work beautifully or exosomes. So uh, my low hanging fruit for the, for these things are people with a joint or spine problem um, because uh, they, they tend to have, the most benefit there to help prevent the need for surgery or delay the need for surgery. They reduce inflammation powerfully. It's probably the most logical, you know, uh, approach to anti-inflammatory uh, effect of the cells. And we have great examples of restoring the body's ability to recreate the very joint 
it made in the first place. So we tap back into the original factory equipment. Wow. We stimulate the stem cells that produce the cartilage proteins, whether it's a meniscus in the knee or a disc in the spine. We're, we're showing that we, we can reactivate that. Wow, that's 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 powerful. Is there a a testimonial or anything that stands out to you, like where someone came in and they're like, "I probably there's just probably no way you can heal me, but I I figured I'd give it a try anyways." And lo and behold, they got better. I, I, by the way, if the FDA is listening, yes, we know you cannot heal, cure disease. <laughs> but I'm sorry, you 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 added stem cells into their life and they got better. Let's just say that. Yeah. So I'm I'm more. You mentioned exosomes, and I'll I'll tap back into that because really I'm using more exosomes these days than, than cells. Exosomes, I can give a more significant concentrated dose. They last longer, they travel better, they're uh, easier to handle. In the office, I have a minus 30 freezer. Cells have to be kept in a minus 80, which I also have, but um, they're just a lot easier to deal with. Plus they're about half the cost. And um, I haven't seen any reduction in benefits uh, in my experience. Uh, so. So I'm a big exosome fan. Um, the uh, so exosome again are the small stem cell activators. So we've been delivering them. I think my best case is is uh, you know the, the knee cases. Particularly, um, uh, I have a lot of ladies uh, uh, you know who who like to wear high heels, have trouble walking on the heels or up and down the stairs, have pain getting out of a chair. Um, uh, that, that's probably my most frequent group. And we have people in their 70s who are getting benefits. Um, and, and you know, once you s slow down, you stop using your muscles, you stop using your bones, and you stop doing the weight-bearing activities, you lose your muscle mass, you lose your bone density, and that, that reduces your longevity. So just by helping someone's knee, we're probably helping them live longer. Yeah. 100%. I mean, you just think about too, just um, depression, when you're not moving, you're not active, what happens? You're sitting down, you're inside. Note that movement creates lethargy, atrophy, you actually just become depressed. And then that goes down in a whole nother cycle. So just fixing right. someone's knee makes them amble, makes them strong. I mean, that's, that's actually a huge, huge yeah. jump off. That makes sense. Totally. You mentioned, and I know you have a really, you know, deep background in within the spine prior to doing stem cells, how has that affected what you do in, in stem cell in the, in, the, in the world of exosomes and stem cells? And, and what are some of the things that you're specifically able to target better than some of the other doctors out there? Yeah, we, we have a new tool in our kit of things we can offer someone. Um, so when I have people with low back pain, for example, where they have a problem with a disc or discs, or low back pain with a problem from some of the joints of the low back or even both, we now have an approach where we can, through injection or injections, usually one time, um, when I said plural, it means at one time, um, we can improve the health of that joint, reduce the inflammation, which is one of the things driving the source of pain and help improve the health of that disc, improve the nutrients, the water content, the protein content, the shock absorber nature, or what we like to call the viscoelasticity of the disc. And uh, with that, we're improving the patient's overall function and reducing pain and hopefully reducing the need for surgery, right? Yeah, yeah. How, how much, because you mentioned it's become a lot more affordable and I, I don't even know anymore. I know like from what I've heard, like full cell 
full body stem cell treatments are like $5,000 in uh, Mexico. But mm -hmm. what's some for some of these exosome or just some of these very joint specific, what can people expect if, if they're doing some kind of treatment like that? Yeah, so uh, like a common approach would be to address one joint or one disc, for example. In a we have to do this at a surgery center because we follow the French protocol. If I could take a little diversion. Please. Uh, uh, Philippe Hernagau in, in France has been doing this for nearly 20 years. So um, they they published two years ago, 15-year follow-up. Uh, so we're, we're way behind the curve here in the U.S., but we follow their protocol and they inject right adjacent to the joint or the disc or the meniscus or the soft structures because they're injecting these near this into the stem cell population of the bone marrow. Because that's where the party is. That's where the biology is. That's where the action is. So we put the exosomes there it enhances the activity of the cellular of the cells there, reduces inflammation, improves the um, protein uh, production and these proteins make uh, the joint. They make collagen. They make all the the, the cross-linked proteins in the meniscus or the disc, for example. So we follow that protocol. So th this is nothing I made up. I just looked for the best practices and pulled them all together. So uh, we will we will do that at a surgery center because it is a bone injection under light sedation. We don't. No one has to be out for this, and it's a short procedure. So because the surgery center and the anesthesiologist for the sedation, and I have to buy the biologics from the different FDA-compliant labs, um, doing a, a knee is usually a two-dose intervention, one above, one below the knee joint. And something like that is probably just under $10,000. Uh, you know, and, and most people either have a health savings account where they can uh, use that money or they just uh, have figured out that uh, 10,000 with a great chance of avoiding a knee replacement avoids the downtime, the pain, the suffering, even though their insurance company, their health insurance company will pay for their replacement. They, they figure out the better option for themselves. Yeah. Speaking of that, what about, do you know about health shares? Will they cover some of these specific, I don't know if you've ever had that. And you know, there's like good Samaritan ministries and some of the, the health shares. Uh, I wonder if they will cover anything. Don't you know? know. And then maybe afterwards we can investigate it together because yeah. I, if I'll I can find, find people and make it available to, to them, this has been a great joy for me in the last couple of years and sort of having a second wind in my practice, you know, being, instead of doing things I've been doing for 25 years, trained by people who did them for 25 years before and looking back and say, spine surgery really hasn't changed drastically in 50, 60 years. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yeah. You're really, you're truly helping people. I think in a, in a, in a big way. And that's, that's what I think that's what you're seeing for. If I, if I were to come to you and you know, I'm like, Hey, uh, you know, I just want to be in better health. My joints, I'm getting old. I'm 41. You know, things are going apart. Would I, would there be like a time where I need to come back and see you like every 15 years, you think, like just kind of keep doing it or do you, are the effects pretty, pretty darn good depending on, so, obviously depending on my exposure to toxins, the lifestyle, <laughs> right, like right. you said, our exposure is, is huge, but. Sure. Well, I, you know, like I said, I've been doing this about five years and change and I, we have not yet had someone need to come back for another joint procedure, but you're right. You, we keep using the joints. They're going to have, you know, some some newly accumulated degeneration. So at some point you may need to come back for more regeneration. Um, the French protocol uh, is clear that at least at the 15 year mark, 
only about 15 to 16% of those people have fallen off and needed to reconsider treatment. So uh, I think we, we look for at least that kind of response here. That's amazing. That's really cool. We're both biohackers. So if we can amplify or, you know, even go to the maximum on a treatment, what are some things that you like to have clients and patients do maybe to amplify their stem cell procedure? I know some people are doing things post-treatment or even pre-treatment. Yeah. yeah. What are some things that you like to do? Well, when, when people meet with me first, and most of my people do travel here to the Las Vegas area, we're in Henderson, which is, you know, a suburb. Um, most of the work we do is, is like this through a Zoom call. We get them, you know, uh, we, we educate them. We go through their lifestyle, their supplements, their sleep, their exercise, their diet, um, everything, because I want the, their body to be the best receiving environment for what we're going to do. If we're going to spend, you know, a few thousand dollars on something, by, by gosh, let's help it work. You know, let's let's do that. So we, we I really like to get them on a regimen. And it's very simple. Most of those over-the-counter supplements, things like that. And um, we get them going and we want to keep them on it. So I monitor and then we do track the results of these things uh, because, we, like you said, as biohackers, we're not just doing joints. We have we have the anti-aging crowd that come in and we do, you know, IVs on a, on a repetitive basis. And um, we look at um, biological age tests. I know you've had some people on that, that do that. We look to inflammatory markers, how much inflammation is in the bloodstream uh, in different ways. And we look at health metrics, uh, wearable tech, heart rate variability. Uh, we had one guy uh, that I love to tell the story. So very fit gentleman, uh, biohacker, anti-ager came in. We did IV exosomes and um, most people feel a difference, especially the first time. They really feel energy and awareness and clarity and effervescence and uh, recover faster, what have you. He, he, he texted me back, said, you know, after about a week, he really didn't notice much. But a couple of days later, he sent me a screenshot of his HRV, which, uh, which had been running in the 60s for months. And he's very, very active. And it shot up to the 90s. Wow. He goes, I may not feel this, but look what it's doing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's massive. Anybody that knows or tracks their HRV to get, I mean... I mean, honestly, to, to go up five or 10 points would uh, on a rate. If you know your numbers are habitually 60, if you were just to go up five points, it would be a big deal. So the fact that he shot up uh, 30 points like pretty much overnight is, uh, wow, that's a huge uh, showing. That's a huge testament to the score of his resiliency and how much it improved, really. Yeah. I mean, I was amazed by that. So not everyone feels something necessarily with the IV, but we know it's bioactive. It's doing something right. It's, it's reducing inflammation, improving cellular function. And when you improve your cell function, you're improving your function. So he's, he's seen that in that sensitive health metric. Yeah, that's really cool. I was thinking as you were talking earlier about heat shock proteins and you know, these stem cells, you know, we naturally make them and produce them. What are some ways that we can naturally produce them? I know, you know, one of the things we've we've heard is that fasting for 72 hours will your body will start to regenerate new stem cells. Other than that, though, I, I don't know. Is there anything else that you would recommend? Yeah, these all fall under the category of what we call hormesis. You've probably, I'm sure, heard that word. And this is a a a slight to moderate stress on the on the body its cells to build more resilience. So. Uh, 
uh, calorie restriction, intermittent feeding slash fasting, and full fasting, whether it be 24 hours and even up to 72, where you do get a reset of your immune system and some of those stem cells is fantastic for survival. Survival means your body takes a chance to say, you know what, I'm going to kill off all these senescent, non-working zombie cells because they're taking up space and using resources. And we're going to make a bunch of new ones and try to survive. The other ways you can do that is through exercise, especially high intensity and interval training. Um, if you're talking about building bone density and muscle mass, which are the muscles of longevity or the organs of longevity, rather, uh, then weight bearing exercise, resistance training, and then um, sauna, repetitive sauna use, cold plunges. These are all forms of hormesis that give us a little bit of stress that causes our cells to make these heat shock and cold shock proteins, which are very primitive survival proteins that go to the nucleus of the cell and tell the very restorative, reparative, youthful genes to get to work and save this person, get rid of the junk, clear out the closet, let's go. Very good. Okay, I did not, I did not realize that these hormesis uh, factors were all things that can help with stem cell creation. That's, that's oh, yeah. really cool. I was curious, have you done anything in, you mentioned age tests and longevity, and that's your specialty, regenerative medicine and longevity. Have you done any tests? And if you have, have you done anything other than stem cells or maybe stem cells was one of them, but I'd be curious to know if you did anything that we just mentioned, the blue zone diet or meditation or sauna, and you saw a massive reversal in your age, or have you, have you done any testing to show that? So I, I do so many different things and I play around because I experiment on myself. Uh, so I, I, I do too many things where I, I can't get good data on that, but I do, I do age tests. Um, I do health metrics, track health metrics now. And the, the latest uh, version of the, or even the prior version now of the uh, Apple operating system for those uh, iPhone users out there um, does track HRV. Uh, earlier ones did not. I had to buy an app to do it. Mm -hmm. So you can do that on your Apple Watch now through your, um, uh, it's one of the health metrics. Um, I have done both stem cells and exosomes and except for the first two weeks, I find them relatively similar in results. So I'm sticking with the exosomes. It's half the price. Okay. Um, and I, like I said, easier to handle. I can give a more concentrated dose. Um, I think that the results we're seeing and and some other areas are just exciting. We, we have some cosmetic things we do for rejuvenating facial skin uh, appearance and uh, uh, t uh, uh, tightness, elasticity. Uh, we do some procedures for thinning hair. I've had that done a number of times myself. Um, as long as there are follicles, we can help reduce inflammation and improve that. Um, we, we, um, so personally, those, those are my things. Um, I, I'm a big believer in uh, circadian rhythm. We have a light cycle and a dark cycle like a plant. Uh, we wake up in the morning, there's light outside, the light hits our eyes, we secrete the stress hormone cortisol so we can fight the day. At the end of the day, we need to shut it down. Uh, we need to go into the dark cycle and repair. And we need a couple things to do that. Uh, we need um, dark, cool, restful, you know, uh, you know, uh, mindfulness, meditation, quiet down and melatonin, even if you have no problem sleeping, because mel everyone think, oh, melatonin is for people who have trouble sleeping. Well, it could help you sleep and sleep deeper, but it's also a, the nighttime dark phase hormone 
It does cellular repair activities during the night. And um, it's probably deficient in so many people because we really don't make much after or post-puberty. So if you ever had, had a teenage kid, I don't know if you have one yet, if you're, you know, but if you ever try to wake a teenage kid from sleep, man, they're, they're hibernating, man. They're hard to get up. And one of the reasons is that they asleep deeply with that melatonin. So if you want to sleep deeper and get more out of your repair uh, during the night, if you want to, it helps you lose weight. I think you had, you had a thing on that once. Um, yeah. And so many other things now they found a polycystic ovary uh, syndrome may have a relation to uh, not having enough melatonin. So um, take melatonin at night, simple supplement over the counter, easy to do. Man, that's a great one. And I was just, you know, one of my mentors was talking about that just recently uh, in terms of anti-aging. I love that you mentioned that. It's such an easy fix over the counter, but I don't think about it. Sometimes we're doing so much other stuff. We forget some of those simple ones because oh, it's just melatonin. And like, yeah. like you said, I sleep, I sleep well, so um, I, I can always improve, but my sleep in general is pretty good. So it's not something I, I think about a lot. Then would you just do, is that something you'd say? Like just do a daily dose, yeah. 1.5 milligrams, just something like a little, a little dose or I'm doing, I'm doing five milligrams to 10 milligrams at night. Um, and uh, I sleep deep. I have a sleep app. I track uh, Apple Watch and phone, and um, you you can see my sleep ratings improve. Uh, my HRV improves, even though I I wake up just as rested. Um, it's doing more for me. I'm I'm fairly convinced of that. Yeah. Okay. That's great. That's great to know. Other than stem cells, what else is exciting you about the anti aging longevity regenerative medicine space? So it's a, it's a thing, right? You can add ten years to your life, and not just add years. You can add healthy quality years, uh, if you, the earlier you start and the more you do consistently, you can still have a, a weekend where you go out of town and have a little too much fun, as long as most of your time and effort is doing some simple and easy things. So you got to move. Exercise is the one thing you can do to maintain your cognition, improve your muscles and bone density, um, and, and take supplements. It's very simple. I start everyone out, you know, most people come in, oh, I take a multivitamin. Well, that's okay for preventing malnutrition, but it's not doing much for optimal nutrition. So I start everyone out on, I'll call it the five basics anti-inflammatories, vitamin E, sorry, vitamin D3. The sun doesn't make enough for you. It doesn't convert enough for you. You got to take Not even it. in Vegas, Dr. Jeffrey Gross? Well, first, if I was out that much in the sun in Vegas... Uh, during the heat, I'd, I'd have other problems, right? Yeah. But you, you remember, the sun doesn't really make it. It converts vitamin D2 to vitamin D3. How many doctors do vitamin D2 levels to see what you got anyway? So it, take your vitamin D3. It's easy to do. It's over the counter. I take 5,000 international units a day. Um, so I, uh, probiotics, I, I think Siri found something on the way. She really wants to be involved in this. <laughs> Podcast. They're listening to you. Uh, they're listening to you, Doctor Gross. You gotta go airplane mode. The, the FDA. Oh, yeah, listening. theater mode. That's right. For oh, theater mode. There we go. Yeah, okay. FDA's so uh, this one. The the uh, I take probiotics. I recommend probiotics. I think you know we didn't learn this in med school. At least I didn't. Uh, it was and people will come in. Oh, I take this probiotic. Yeah, great, great. But I read up on it. I know it. It's it, it pro the the bacteria that are are invited guests do things for us. They help us digest. Uh, certain phytonutrients that we can't do a good job with that have significant anti-inflammatory relations to uh, brain health and other parts of our body. 
Um, I would I would focus on oral health. Flossing can add a year or two of, to your life by reducing inflammation in your gums that goes right into your heart and heart valves. Um, uh, so back to supplements, we got probiotics, vitamin uh, D3. We talked about melatonin. Uh, I'm a big fan of magnesium at night. I don't think uh, we get enough in our diet. It comes mainly through green vegetables. And frankly, it's just hard to eat enough green vegetables uh, all day. And I'm a big fan of fish oil. So I recommend 1,000 milligrams three times a day. What's a brand of fish oil you like? I know there's a lot of controversy on the fact that <laughs> it goes rancid and yeah. that kind of stuff. Is there one yeah. that you like and trust? It, listen, I, I don't promote any brands at this time. I'm not the best businessman. Maybe I should. But um, if it smells bad, don't take it. Uh, but um, I've bought it at a big warehouse store. I've bought it online. I've paid three times as much for one than another. Uh, I don't know that there's a difference. I would have to do all kinds of lab tests on myself on a, on a repeated basis. And it just seems overkill. Just take it. Start by taking it. Okay. You know? Sage advice. Okay, cool. Um, what about you? Any any new and exciting projects that you're working on that you're excited about coming up? Yeah, no, thanks for asking. So I am trying to, I've been working on a book for a long time, but I'm a little OCD. That's an understatement. I'm very OCD. So I keep including things in the manuscript and I feel, oh, there's something new and I got to, because I read all the time. So this is a how-to guide on anti-aging and anti-inflammation, what it all means. It's sort of an education and a guided, you know, workbook. But um, someone uh, close to me, very smart, recently said, hey, why don't you just make a simple course to get people started? So, um, you know, I'm gonna come out with a, a course, hopefully very soon. Uh, if anyone's interested, you can go to, uh, you know, uh, 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 it's gonna be uh, Young Again Method slash Longevity, and we'll put you on a list and we'll send you a little something, but uh, hopefully that'll be easy and fun. Yeah, very cool. I want to uh, wrap things up a little bit and ask you some final round questions. But before I do, just anything that I didn't ask you that you wish I had? Well, I, I can make a long list. I mean, there's so many things that, that regenerative medicine has uh, applications for. You know, um, I talked about some of the cosmetic and the IV that we approach to help people with autoimmune or hyperinflammatory syndromes. Um, we, we, um, We've done some, uh, we have a breathing treatment with the exosomes for people that have lung issues related to pandemic type situations. I don't want to go too much into that because I'm sure I'll have knocks on my door from people uh, that I shouldn't. And then um, we do, we have, we have a population of patients with dry eye syndrome, uh, whether they've had LASIK or some other issue. And we, we treat the glands in the eyelid. It's very simple actually. And, and we have people with some, um, Sexual dysfunction, um, we can do shots for girls and boys. Nice. The eye, my, my father uh, approaching 70, he's got macular degeneration. Is that something that you guys do well with as well? It's not something I have addressed personally. There are people working on that. Um, it's not something I'd want to do directly into the, into the eye. The question is, if there's an inflammatory component, then the IV may have benefit, which causes me to add one little tidbit uh, comparing exosomes to stem cells, anything involving the nervous system. So recovery from stroke, dealing with the inflammatory changes in Alzheimer's disease or other issues, or helping to at least, um, the IV exosomes will travel through the blood-brain barrier into the nervous system. Stem cells are too big. They really don't penetrate well. Now, stem cells can make their own exosomes that can be delivered 
but why not cut out the middleman? The stem cells are just a delivery vehicle in that setting. Okay. Very cool. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about that. Even when you mentioned before that, I was thinking about people with MS and I have no idea if there's been stem cells that have shown help, yes. help in that, in that area. Yeah. Yes. There's an inflammatory component of MS. Uh, if you look at it, it's inflammation around the veins in the brain. So anything with an inflammatory, inflammatory component, uh, can potentially be uh, affected to a, in a good way by the anti-inflammatory benefits of regenerative medicine. Wow. Okay, that's that's exciting. Yeah, that's really that's really really neat. Okay, cool. Uh, let's jump into some final round questions. We'll wrap it up and have everybody if they want to connect with you and learn more about you, you can tell them where to where to find you. And sure. I think just where to ask questions. Uh, you know, can you help me? Because as uh, the more we're talking, I'm thinking, well, what about this and what about this? And they, I'm sure they can just contact your people and and kind of find out if if that's a viable sure, solution. Sure. Yeah. 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 Happy to. Doctor Gross, I'm curious. Is there was there a choice or maybe some choices that you made in in your life that you think made you who you are today? Uh, I'm sure there are. I mean, I, I I know I went into medicine because it was sort of the final frontier, and I. I had the good fortune of working with a wonderful neurologist in the Bay Area during my college years, Stephen Holtz, who inspired me into the nervous system and, and I got interested in the brain. And then, and then professors during my residency, uh, like uh, uh, Dr. Benzel, stimulated my desire and love of the spine. Uh, but I do remember as, as a young child at, uh, at, a, at a camp I attended, uh, a, a child fell down and you know, had a big scalp laceration. And of course, as a kids, we said he cracked his head open. You know, I don't know if anything was actually, the skull was fractured or what have you, but I, I got inspired then. Like it was, I'll never forget that I was probably five. So I think that's part of it. That's really cool. Obviously you're doing so much in the wellness and health space. I'm curious who, who inspires you? Well, I, uh, I'm, I'm close with some of your guests in the past. Uh, Susie Bratton is, has been an amazing uh, mentor and colleague, uh, Ben Azadi. Um, you know, we mentioned uh, off screen some of, some of the guys uh, who, have, who have come before me, Dr. Hernagau in France, who's done these studies for many, many years. Um, a colleague of mine um, in, in uh, Los Angeles, uh, Peter Fields, Dr. Fields, and um, others have uh, I fall I, I stand on their shoulders when I, I pick the best practices to bring together and and offer to people yeah that's great uh, I am a big I'm a big reader are there any books there's like a top one to three books that just you know change your life or and you'd recommend go out and read that book it'll probably do the same for you <laughs> well I, I I keep trying to finish uh, uh, Les Miserables because it, it's so deep. That's and a tough one, and man. That's it's, a tough it's, one. it's thick, man. It's really thick, but, but, it, <laughs> I gave but up. It's, it's amazing. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, listen, Tim Ferriss, uh, I've, I've, years ago, I read the four hour work week and it has caused me to make so many improvements in my business and efficiencies and made me look at things uh, in such a way, that, you know, we, we, we waste a lot of time doing a bunch of old traditional things. Spine surgery might be one of them you know, where there, there are better options just because we were trained a certain way or we always did something a certain way. So that, that's one of my favorites. Yeah. Tim Ferriss is great. That was one of the, that book, same thing inspired me, whatever, however, 10 years ago to like consider yeah. entrepreneurship and I never even had it in my, in my mind. So yeah. Awesome. What about uh, last two questions? We'll wrap it up. Any, you know, I guess this is gonna be great for you as a biohacker, but any rituals, hacks or practices that you like to do on a regular basis? Oh gosh. So, um, 
you know, some of them, I, I think my favorite things are I've really become excellent at intermittent feeding. I call it intermittent feeding because we're not supposed to eat in the dark phase. So it's not, you're not fasting. You're just not supposed to eat. A fasting is when you're, in my mind, when you're not eating when you should be eating. So uh, I've become really good at it. I think it makes a huge difference in my energy, my function, my metabolism, my health. So I am, I've been very regimented and I have a very easy uh, 16 to 18 hour non-eating window now. Um, now I will have an acaloric beverage in the morning to get some hydration and fill the tank. Um, whether it's, it's uh, black coffee or, or something like that, it's with no calories. So that's the key. Um, uh, second is protein. We don't get enough protein uh, as Americans, as humans, and as people who should be really working to maintain muscle mass, even if we're not, you know, looking to gain muscle, maintenance of muscle is a key factor in longevity. So protein supplementation is important. And I really, I really work hard to get 140 to 160 grams of protein a day. We are, you heard on Star Trek, you know, we are carbon-based life forms. No, we are nitrogen-based life forms. Carbon gets us around. We're nitrogen-based life forms. Mm, interesting. I've never heard anybody say that. Okay, very cool. I like that. Last but not least, Dr. Jeffrey Gross, where can people find you, connect with you, learn more about what you're doing, or even connect with you on social media? Great. Thank you for that. Um, all my channels are called Recelebrate, R-E-C-E-L-L-E-B-R-A-T-E. -E -E. Find us on Instagram, TikTok. I have YouTube if you want to watch a video here or two or follow for tips. Um, we're, we're doing some things toward more just geared towards longevity on the Instagram channel called uh, Get Young Again. But the website is Young Again Method slash longevity if you want uh, you know, some more information there. And uh, Recelebrate has a pathway to get to the office. If you want to talk to me, I love to meet new people. Uh, we take the time. Everyone's different. It's precision medicine. We, we look at everything you have and you need, and everyone is different in some way. Yeah, amazing. Dr. Jeffrey Gross, I appreciate you so much, brother. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate being here.